0: Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Hello and welcome back to Kick It Naturally. This is episode 403. I'm your host, T.C. Hale, and you are more important than I am. So, last week we got started with our four crucial pillars for weight loss. And we talked about how important it is to correct any digestive issues. That was our first pillar. And then we got a little bit into eliminating cravings. So, today we're going to get into pillar three and four. And we're going to start off by talking about uh, balancing insulin and blood sugar. That's going to be pillar three, but we're going to see how important uh, pillars one and two are in order to get pillar three in order when we kind of understand what's going on here. So if insulin levels are high, it not only restricts the body from burning stored fat for fuel, it, it also sends the signal that says, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we store some more fat? Let's get more fuel in that fat cell and make it even bigger. So in most cases where an individual has a hard time losing weight or they're just losing the same three to five pounds over and over again for 37 years, high insulin levels will normally at least be a contributing factor here. So here's how it works. When, when we eat carbs and, and sugars, our insulin levels rise to help us sweep the glucose out of the bloodstream and into the cells. But Once blood sugar levels come back down, and that can happen pretty quickly, it varies from person to person according to a few factors, but your blood sugar can go back to normal after eating a donut, you know, pretty fast. But the problem is that it can take hours longer for insulin to come back down. It has a much slower trajectory than the glucose. And it takes a long time for it to get back to that fat-burning zone where the insulin is low enough that the body can now start digging into those fat stores and burning that fat storage for fuel. That's what we want it to do. We want the body to burn stored fat for fuel so that we don't have stored fat in our pants. Now, the problem with the way a lot of people eat is that they'll eat carbs for breakfast, and then by the time that their uh, blood sugar is all used up, they don't have any fuel left. And... The problem is that insulin is still so high because it had to go so high to sweep all those carbs out, all that glucose out, that by the time they don't have any fuel left over, uh, the body doesn't have the ability to access its backup fuel source. If if insulin levels were low enough once glucose went low, then the body would just say, Oh, don't worry about it. I got this. I'm going to get this stored fat in these fat cells and I'm going to burn it for fuel. It's going to be like magic. You don't got to do nothing. I got this. But since we keep insulin levels so high and it takes so much longer for them to come down, for a lot of people, they don't have the ability to have a backup fuel source. The body can't access that stored fat and burn it for fuel. So what do they do? They have a snack. I'll just have a little bit of a protein bar. Protein bars are healthy because somebody said so. And so they jack their glucose up again. Insulin goes right back up before it ever gets back down to the fat-burning zone. And then by lunch, they do this again. Then they have another snack. And so the way that they're eating they continue to spike insulin levels without ever having the ability to get the insulin back down to the fat burning zone. For some people, it'll take the entire night for insulin to get back down to that fat burning zone and they wake up and they have a bagel and here it goes again. So if you can keep insulin levels lower or at least reduce the really big spikes that take a really long time for it to come back down, then you can increase how often the body can move into that fat burning mode and increase weight loss. What's important to understand is that this whole thing about high carb or low carb or zero carb or or which one is better for weight loss. Well, it's really about the insulin sensitivity. If insulin is very effective, like it does a really good job with a very small amount, then you don't need to make a whole bunch of insulin to process the carbs carbs that you've consumed. Even if you are consuming higher-carb foods, if you only need a little bit of insulin to process that amount of carbs, then the insulin doesn't have to spike super high, which means it's not going to take a long time for it to come back down. So one person could eat a a very small amount of carbs. Maybe they have a little bit of Brussels sprouts that have a little bit of carbs in it. But if their insulin is not working well, then that small amount of carbs could really cause insulin to have a big spike. Whereas another person could have a banana split Sunday with whipped cream and fruity tootie and all this kind of stuff. And their insulin that they need to use to process all of those carbs... Maybe about the same amount that another person would need just to process the Brussels sprouts. So it's not always just about the amount of uh, carbs that you're consuming. It's more about how much insulin does the body need to process the amount of carbs that you're consuming. So if your body doesn't need a lot of insulin, it can move right back into that fat-burning mode very quickly after that meal and you'll have the ability to burn fat between meals and all night while you're sleeping. And maybe you have a, a meal in the day that doesn't really have any carbs. You know, you put uh, put a dinner in there without any carbs, and now you have the rest of the night plus the entire night of your sleeping where the insulin can be low enough that you can access stored fat. And we call this a, a 3 p.m. carb cutoff, and we teach people how to do this in all of our books and and, uh, and fat loss course and stuff like that. But it, it, you're just extending that window when insulin can come down. Now, if you're insulin resistant, you may need so much insulin to process even just a slice of bread that you could knock yourself out of fat burning mode until the next day when you wake up and have an English muffin or, or something. So the way that a lot of people eat really can make it flat out impossible to uh, let the body access stored fat and burn that for fuel. And that's the name of the game when it comes to weight loss. You have to just set things up in a way that the body has the ability to burn that stored fat. If it can't even access it, well, guess what? You're not going to lose a whole lot of stored fat. Of course, this whole insulin battle can lead right back to cravings. If your body is screaming for easy-to-process carbs because you can't properly break down and, and utilize proteins and fats, it's going to be impossible to keep your insulin low enough, uh, long enough to, to achieve any type of sustainable weight loss. You can see it's really about helping insulin levels to come down for at least part of the day, and how that can be impossible if a person is having cravings. And you can also see how those cravings can lead right back to a lack of digestion. Because if a person can't break down the proteins and fats correctly, the body's going to be able to scream uh, for those foods that are easier to digest, like the carbs and the sugars and all the processed junk. So you can see how these first three pillars for weight loss can truly all be connected for a lot of people. It's not going to be the case for everybody. Um, Some people may have other issues that are creating cravings. Some people um, may have their digestion working correctly, but they've just been in the habit of eating a lot of garbage, and they just prefer that, and after years and years, that makes the insulin uh, less uh, ability to function correctly, and we become more insulin resistant, and uh, then we need more insulin to process the same amount of carbs that we were processing before with a very small amount of insulin. So it's really about the amount of insulin the body is using, and you can see that this is a, a big deal. And a lot of people don't really focus on this. They look at the fact that, well, my friend eats carbs all the time and and they have the ability to lose weight. So that's the way to do it. But if the friend can process those carbs with a very small amount of insulin, but you need a bucket and a half to process those same amount of carbs, well, you're not going to get the fancy pants weight loss that your friend saw. So this is really a big deal. It's it's really... Uh, Probably the biggest factor um, with actual weight loss, in my uh, opinion. But these other things that we've talked about already—you know, the digestion and the cravings—those are the things that make it possible to even bring the insulin down. Like it's—it's it's, uh, very difficult to reduce the carbs enough to bring insulin down if you can't uh, digest other foods correctly and if you can't get the cravings under control. Remember, it's not about willpower. It's about working with your body. So this is a really big deal. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, you also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, it can pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before, and a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained, and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. The fourth pillar for weight loss is to correct any imbalances that may be restricting the body's ability to let go of stored fat. So we teach about a group of common imbalances in all of our books and and courses that we teach. And there's a few of them that really have the ability to completely throw a wrench in any kind of weight loss efforts. So if you haven't read any of my books or taken any of our courses, then you can get our four-week digestion course totally for free. Just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash course and that kind of walks you through all the digestion stuff that we talked about um, under the first pillar Uh, but it also shows you how to run these simple self-tests at home on yourself with just equipment that you can pick up at a a health food store or a pharmacy and uh, really easy things to do to kind of get an idea of how your body's operating and uh, if you're dealing with any specific imbalances that can really be uh, making it impossible for you to lose weight. So The biggest ones when we first look at these uh, would be electrolyte problems where maybe a person uh, has an excess of electrolytes in their body and that's kind of what you see when you're looking at somebody with high blood pressure. They uh, don't have the ability to get rid of excess electrolytes and a lot of times they don't have the ability to get rid of filth as well and it's really common to see poor bile flow when someone has high blood pressure or excess electrolytes um, because those electrolytes, as well as that filth and all that junk, basically thicken up the blood. And now the blood is harder to push through the system. So it takes a higher amount of pressure to push the blood through. So we see high blood pressure. So if someone is in that situation, they're usually going to have all this junk in the system. And Uh, when the body gets overwhelmed and can't get rid of enough of this junk, it'll start shoving some of that junk into fat cells just to keep the body safe and operating correctly. Um, And as those fat cells expand, then so do we. We expand. So uh, when we see high blood pressure and a desire to lose weight, that really has to be taken care of. And um, just using a, a blood pressure medication Uh, doesn't do anything to correct the underlying cause of that problem. It just synthetically pushes that blood pressure number down. It doesn't do anything to clean out all the filth or the excess electrolytes that are causing the blood pressure to go high. It just makes the symptom, which the symptom is the high blood pressure, it makes that go down. So the person really has to figure out what the underlying cause is. And in most cases, there's going to be bioflow issues there because... When bile is not moving, all this filth and junk that the liver filters out, it, it gets put in the bile and the bile doesn't go anywhere, so it doesn't get removed. So it just goes back into the system. But that's going to be difficult to lose weight when the the whole system is junked up. Nobody's taking out the trash. So what's your house going to look like if you don't take out the trash? The Everything's going to start to expand with trash. So this is really a, an important factor. On the other side of that coin, when we see uh what appears to be low electrolyte levels which you'll usually see when someone has low blood pressure like the uh the systolic number which is that top number is below 112 we consider that low uh blood pressure and usually low electrolyte levels and when we go back to pillar 2 and we're looking at cravings you know a lot of those people are getting cravings because they don't have the minerals in the system uh, for the body to run all the functions that it needs to run. And in some scenarios and for some of those functions, the body can use glucose as a, a replacement for some of that stuff. Um, so when the electro, when the electrolytes aren't there, the body will scream for sugars and carbs, and that's why a lot of these people are dealing with cravings. So when blood pressure is low... It can be really hard for a lot of people to stick to a diet that would allow insulin to come down because the insulin, we want the insulin to come down. So we need to reduce the carbs and sugars so the body can access stored fat for fuel. But when there's not enough electrolytes, the body's going to be yelling for, hey, give me those carbs and sugars. You're trying to reduce them to lose weight. But the body's like, no, give it. So when we find that if we can lift the electrolyte levels, then the body doesn't scream for so many carbs and sugars, and that can help improve that situation. Another set of imbalances that can create a lot of trouble for weight loss is uh, imbalances with energy production. and And basically, some people process carbs better than fats, and some people process fats better than carbs. So it's really about understanding what's going on with your body, which types of foods is it processing better? And then adapting your diet so that you're eating a diet according to how your body is, is processing foods. If if you're trying to have a eat a low-carb, high-fat diet, but you can't process fats, well, that's not going to go so great. And if you're trying to eat a low-fat diet and increase your carb intake, but you're insulin resistant or type 2 diabetic and you can't cross carbohydrates or you're on your way to being insulin resistant and carbohydrates are not being processed very effectively well then that's going to cause a lot of weight gain so there, it goes right back to that there is no diet that's right for every person it's all about working with your body but in order to work with your body you first have to understand how your body is operating so it's really un- it's really important to be able to figure this out and to um First, change your diet according to what how your body is operating. But then if you want to use a diet that isn't right for your body, you also have the option to try and to correct the issues that are making it difficult to process the type of foods that you want to consume. And then uh, if you can fix those, then you can gravitate more towards that type of diet. So you have options here, but it's it's important not to just force your body into a diet just because all the cool kids are using a diet. You have to use what's what's going to work right for you. And the last imbalance we'll talk about today is the anabolic catabolic imbalance. And, and basically at the cellular level, the body is always either in a catabolic state or an anabolic state. And and both states are appropriate. We want both to happen, but the body should be switching back and forth. And some people can get stuck in one state most of the time or too far into that state. And it can create a lot of problems. So the catabolic state is where we should be during the day. It's where our body is better at making energy. And the body like breaks down tissues and stuff so that it can get rid of it and, and th- things can be rebuilt uh, into new. And the anabolic state is uh, our rest and rebuild state. That's where we are at night when we're sleeping. And the body is very good at rebuilding and regenerating uh, tissues and organs and all the stuff that makes our body function so you can see both states are crucial but if someone gets stuck in this anabolic state all the time they can kind of hold on to too much junk at the cellular level and they're not really getting rid of a lot of stuff and they also have the ability to uh, overly process carbohydrates so they may be very effective at processing carbohydrates but they also do it a little bit too aggressively and they'll experience a lot of those hypoglycemic type symptoms that we see. Um, and this can be really troublesome for cravings because when blood sugar crashes too hard because of the, the glucose, glucose is being processed too effectively, then it's going to cause a lot of cravings and uh, and emotional issues and stuff like that that can be make it hard to stick to a, a healthy way of eating. And... In the if someone's stuck in a catabolic state all the time, then they're kind of just disintegrating. The body's kind of breaking down, and it's not being rebuilt at night like it's supposed to be. And this also happens to be where we see a lot of insulin resistant uh, resistance issues, and uh, insulin is not uh, functioning as well as it should. So correcting this imbalance can help improve that situation for a lot of people. So beyond those uh, three types of imbalances there are other issues and imbalances that a person can deal with like things like you know ph of the bloodstream and oxygen utilization issues that can make it uh, hard to stick to a specific diet plan without creating major symptoms like fatigue and, and other problems like that so a lot of times it's really important just to understand where your body is and understand uh, how it's functioning so that you can help your body, you can work with your body. A lot of people are trying to lose weight. They're really working against their body and they're trying to force this weight loss upon the body that is uh, in a way that is not allowing the body to function at all, really. So if we can figure out the right pathways to take and the right route for us, then weight loss can become very, very simple. We like to see weight loss be more of an effortless situation where, yes, you have to put work in, but you're not cramming against you know smashing your head against the wall the whole time trying to make it happen it should be easier than that when you're working with your body so those are the main pillars right there we're looking at digestion making sure that you can actually get nutrients out of the food that you're eating we're looking at eliminating any cravings that are going to uh, restrict your ability to stick to a proper way of eating and we're looking at uh, balancing any insulin or blood sugar issues and uh, making sure that your body has the ability to move into a state where it can access stored fat and burn that for fuel and, and get rid of that stored fat. And then we're looking at, for number four, uh, making sure that there's no imbalances that are making it very difficult to lose weight. So those are the four pillars. Um, now, in our members-only episode, we're going to walk through um, some other steps that can be taken, but we're also going to look at how to tell how insulin uh, sensitivity is doing and we're also going to look at the uh, the order of priority when we're looking at those imbalances that we talked about. What are the most important ones to address first if you're dealing with more than one? Because sometimes fixing one imbalance can cause other ones, you know, further down the priority list, to correct on their own. So sometimes it can reduce the amount of work you do if you understand. You know, what, what's the priority? So, we'll talk about that in our members only episode and dig a little deeper into there. If, if you're not already a member, uh, the membership's only $9 a month and it gets you into our uh, private Facebook support group where me and, and my coaches answer questions for you. And it also gives you free shipping on natural reference. So, you it ends up being pretty much free if you're using any of the supplements that we talk about so if you want to be a member and access all of those member only episodes you can just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash k i y so if you guys have other topics you want to hear us talk about just go to kickitnaturally.com and send us a message and let us know and we'll try to get those in an upcoming episode all right guys hope this helps and uh, we'll talk to you soon